0: Millennials are achieving freedom with a new definition of success. Our careers, relationships, education, and even our politics look nothing like our parents.
1: We are repapering the roadmap towards our personal goals and embracing what moves us along the way.
0: We are adopting what works and throwing out the rest.
1: We are tired, but not worn in our quest to get there.
0: I'm Heather Bonaparte.
1: I'm Douglas Bonaparte. And welcome to We Should Be Sleeping.
0: Each week, Douglas and I explore the news and topics that keep us awake.
1: We'll also invite guests to share the way they've done it differently to achieve a new brand of success that's authentic, unconventional, and definitive of our generation.
0: Not ready for bed? Tune in because neither are we. Learn more and subscribe today at weShouldbeSleeping.com.
1: Hello and welcome back to We Should Be Sleeping. My name is Douglas Bonaparte, and I am joined here by my wife, Heather Bonaparte, for episode I.
0: I is in I've Been Home for Four Months.
1: Yeah, get me out of here.
0: (laughs) All right, let's get to it. When will it end? Can I just say, if you could only see right now, if this was a video podcast and you could see what we are wearing right now, we are both in our full tie-dye glory right now. Doug is wearing an olive green tie-dye by the drip shirt, which I made for him for Father's Day, which he definitely eye-rolled, but then he loves it, obviously.
1: Super comfortable.
0: And I'm wearing my limited edition Camp High Keep your circle small tie-dye sweatshirt. We look great. Can I just say?
1: Yeah, you could say I'm dripping right now.
0: Although I will say I've received a couple DMs of people like, where can I get Doug's merch? And I'm like, that's not merch. Not merch. Just a Father's Day gift.
1: It's literally just my sweatshirt. There's only one and it's mine.
0: Limited edition. Anyway, let's get right into it. Speaking of tie-dye, we have really embraced the world of projects during this whole quarantine experiment over the last few months. What else do we have to do? This is a case for projects. We did some tie-dye. It wasn't very successful, but it was the project. Also, I love to cook. That's always been a huge part of my life, but I've decided to start challenging myself, and we've done some bread making. Yeah, we
1: brought that up in the show before. Yeah, we're,
0: we're baking now a lot. You are. I started to paint these palettes. I guess, that you use for garden things.
1: I mean, no, a pallet's used to literally stack anything, like in a warehouse.
0: Oh, really? Pallets aren't just garden things?
1: No, like it's not just for Home Depot. I don't do
0: Home Depot. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. Like when you deliver goods, you deliver them on a pallet. Oh, cool. Anyway. They support a ton of weight. The forklift comes.
0: All right, cool. Anyway, I've been finding these like nasty pallets and I'm painting them now and people are putting them in their front yards. Yeah,
1: like a peace sign or an American flag pallet. It's very nice. Palette
0: project. Anything like that. We've been doing some paint pen projects.
1: Wait, wait. I love how you say we. I don't think I've done any one of those things. You are the project queen here. Well,
0: so what are you doing?
1: I built the playhouse for the girls.
0: I guess that's a project. I mean, you followed instructions and it took hours to get done. That's a project.
1: But I guess that's the thing. Your projects can be done 20, 30 minutes at a time. You don't necessarily need to complete it all at once. And it seems the projects that I've been assigned are like six-hour builds in the yard. And honestly, I'm guilt-ridden over it.
0: Are you saying that there's an inequity in the project assignments in this home?
1: I think we're going to end up agreeing on the same thing here. But as far as the scale and size of the projects, yeah, I'm getting the ones that your body aches afterwards.
0: (laughs) I mean, look, if you would like to practice tie-dye with Hazel, by all means, go for it. You need to be assigned a project, though. You don't just jump right in and say, I'm about to try something fun and new and let's see what happens with it today. I mean, yeah. that's just like not you.
1: I'm not a proactive project partaker.
0: Say that three times fast. But I guess the point of us even bringing this up really is making a case for projects. How did it make you feel after you, wall and after working on that playhouse for six hours? Yeah, I know that your back hurt, but how'd you feel after doing it?
1: I felt great. And I guess that's the point we're going to agree on here. In the same way, that you're proactive in taking on projects. You finish one and you feel great. I did that build for six hours. And despite feeling bad that I wasn't able to help out with the kids for a very long period of time, I actually felt awesome. I felt like I accomplished something. It was cathartic. I got to use my body. I'm good at crafts and building things in my own way. I felt great.
0: I think there's really something to be said about breaking the monotony of our current daily routines that seem to never end, whether it's a weekday or a weekend, and putting yourself to work in a way that not just using your body physically, using your hands to do something different, but in a way like you're using, I guess, a different side of your brain too, and just saying, I'm going to just focus on doing a coloring book for a little while. I mean, anything. For me, as somebody (laughs) who As a skilled craft, yeah, we know, woman, the
1: Etsy store, that has never opened for you. As a
0: skilled crafter. The viewers get it. As a Karen in training, let me just say that, no, it really does satisfy...
1: Your creative urges.
0: <laughs> yes, I guess so. So this was our case for projects. I highly recommend you try it. Tie-dye is not the easiest, but maybe get a few paint pens, start coloring, do something to just take your brain out of the daily routine that you're in right now.
1: Want to know what I liked? What? I liked almost the stereotypically cliche part of building that playhouse when our daughter came out there and was like, I want to help. And I'm just like, get away. Don't touch that. Put that down. You're going to hurt yourself. You knew that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: I remember that probably being me when I was a kid and my dad telling me to get away from the project. I loved it. I love that part too.
0: Yeah, totally. That happens every time. Next up. So something I really miss over the past few months. Everything? I mean, yeah.
1: (laughs) Social interaction?
0: Yes, exactly. Going outside? Let me just tell you what I miss, And I was thinking about it the other day when I was cooking dinner and I'm like, damn, I need to fix this right now. Cheese platter.
1: Well, I don't think anyone or any viewer of any kind is going to be unexcited about anything cheese related.
0: Is there anything more exciting when you arrive at a friend's house, whether you've got kids or it's like adults only, whatever it is, and there is a cheese spread out? There is a cheese platter. Like I'm talking about a supple cheese platter.
1: You got your craft singles. You got your baby bells in their wax. You got cheese whiz in a can.
0: I don't know what kind of amateur hour.
1: And some Ritz crackers ready to go. What? Okay, I'm just kidding. What? Break down your cheese So here's my
0: point. I miss the cheese platter so much. I was eating cheese platters every weekend. Somebody was always making a cheese platter for a play date or I was making a cheese platter. I miss having people to make cheese platters with. I miss having people to eat my cheese platter. So we decided we were going to make a cheese platter just for ourselves.
1: God, that's some extreme cheese love.
0: You love cheese more than me. I know you agree with this.
1: I just never heard it come out of you like that.
0: Well, I didn't realize how much I missed it until it was gone. Okay. It doesn't have to be expensive. This isn't some like bougie thing. I don't want it to sound bougie. It doesn't have to be.
1: Sounds bougie. It
0: doesn't have to be. You can go to Trader Joe's. That Gouda is cheap. You can pick the four cheapest cheeses. There's whole Instagram accounts that show you how to put together a beautiful cheese plate.
1: Yeah, $3 for a wedge.
0: You got to have a couple cheeses. And you could put a few hard cheeses on there because they're cheap and they don't get too stinky too fast. But then you get one or two like soft, stinky cheeses on there too. You get a meat. Here's the other key. You got to get fresh fruit because fresh fruit takes up a lot of room on the cheese board, makes it look full. Like a lot of grapes. Buy grapes, shove the whole thing of grape on there. It looks great. Put a little bit of honey, uh-huh. maybe a little bit of jam, uh-huh. maybe even some grain mustard. Mustard. And then some crackers. You got to have a fruit cracker, maybe a cheese twist. And a
1: buttery cracker. Maybe a
0: buttery cracker like Trader Joe's Social Snackers, our personal favorite. Time
1: out. I just love the naming of various items at Trader Joe's. And for the record, the social snacker.
0: Greatest cracker name of all time.
1: Props to you. You're the real Do you know why? Because it
0: is literally a social snacker. It just cracks in your mouth. You don't lose a word. And Doug would know because he never shuts up.
1: I guess what you don't understand is that it's a blatant ripoff and play on the club cracker that Keebler puts out. But. You don't know my cracker knowledge.
0: I don't have the depth of cracker knowledge that you do by any means.
1: You can learn something here.
0: I really miss cheese plates. This was like a thing. And so we decided to fix it, made a glorious cheese platter, ate the whole thing, had a massive stomach ache. That's the story of the week.
1: Nice. And listen, it was good. Go treat yourself to some cheese.
0: Treat yourself to a project and a cheese platter.
1: I've seen two grown men avoid fisty cuffs. (laughs) buy an offering of cheese. I think some cheddar resolved whatever problem they were having.
0: Do you think that cheese can solve all of our country's problems right now?
1: Listen, if I was running for office, I would probably distribute cheese to my constituents. On a,
0: you'd run on a platform of cheese.
1: Yeah. Could win.
0: It could win. At this point, it could win.
1: Speaking of which. Oh, God. So here we go.
0: That's a segue. I'm like not even excited to talk about this.
1: Do you like the setup, though?
0: It was a great setup. You got it. But I'm also pissed that we even have to talk about this, but I'm going to let you get started on this.
1: Yeah, you introed the last two. Here we go. This is about celebrities running for office. And what we discovered over the 4th of July weekend was Kanye West announcing his presidential run with a backing by Elon Musk. Allegedly. Allegedly. There's a picture of them the day before this all happened, so maybe they were talking about it.
0: The allegedly meaning he's allegedly running for office because he hasn't filed anything yet. Let's make that clear.
1: Yeah, there's nothing really but a tweet out there saying he's going to do this, and not to mention an album on the way. Hmm.
0: I'm not afraid to talk about politics, but this is problematic for many reasons. First of all, like I said, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't because I'm annoyed I'm annoyed that we're even talking about it. Yeah,
1: now we're giving it attention.
0: But the problem is, with people like our front-running presidential candidate, Joe Biden, it's that young people are sick of the same old people telling us what to do. I think we all hoped that we weren't going to find ourselves in this situation, but here we are.
1: I've been vocal about the kind of decisions or the people that we get to choose from here as a young person. And that's
0: not personal to... Vice President Biden, that is a discussion about the fact that I can't believe with everything going on in this country that we find ourselves continuing to be led. And I don't just mean him. I mean, Donald Trump. I mean, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world.
1: Yeah, it's across, it's are, across the aisles. Where yeah. are
0: our voices? So I think the younger generations are truly over it. We're fatigued by the same people telling us what to do. We're fatigued with feeling like, We're not understood and that people don't have our best interests in mind when decisions are being made. But that is the vulnerability in our mentality when then we read something like somebody such as Kanye West tweeting that he's running for president.
1: And it ultimately is a really bad distraction, I think, from just how important a lot of the things are that we need to think about coming up in November. He is not a fresh voice. And he looks and what he's doing is a lot closer to what we've already experienced with Trump.
0: We've seen this movie before where somebody jumps in and they start receiving attention from mainstream media. I mean, I can't even tell you how many tweets and articles have already come out about this just over the last couple of days. And my point is, young people, you might be frustrated with what we're facing and what our options are right now. But do not be distracted by this. Do not be fooled into this. This is clickbait.
1: This one in particular, and I don't know if it's me, and clearly I'm just one person observing here, it reeks of self-interest.
0: Of course it does. And promotion. That's what he's all about. I want to be like, are you Just really? announce like a 10-year deal with Gap?
1: That was my joke. I tweeted Which I like,
0: actually think is very cool.
1: Fine. I was like, w- does the Gap know about it? It just smells of inauthenticity and publicity And I think a lot of people smell that too. And I hope, what I hope is that young people observing this aren't like, oh, wow, look at this great disruptor, Kanye West, and rather are saying, look at this, this is clownery. This is ridiculous. This to
0: me feels like some sort of mockery of the situation that we're in right now. And that's why I say I only pointed that out earlier about feeling fatigued and not feeling energized by Vice President Biden. Trust me, again, not afraid to talk politics and I am clearly going that direction in November. There's no question. But I only point that out because I just don't... This is too important right now. This is too important for people like Kanye West to be trying to carve out his moment in all of this. This isn't time for his moment in all of this, in this particular dialogue. At this moment, where we need to get things somewhere back to a place where we can actually start caring for Americans again in this country.
1: Yeah, that's not the change we need right now. And to your point, it's frustrating that we might not necessarily be getting the change we want with who we have to choose from come November. But nonetheless, that change starts in the legislative branch and even more so at local government levels. And I think the real opportunity here is to go beyond just what's being set at the national stage and take a look at those more local levels and look for the younger candidates with the differing opinions and the fresh who actually have
0: actually have a platform, actually have ideas,
1: fresh idea like a wait, hold on, have a website with what they stand for and can communicate that and have been out there in their local communities, right. not just some. Can you imagine if like the local TikToker was like, I'm running for mayor? Hope you liked my TikTok dances. It's like, really? That's like kind of like what this is. I
0: think that's why I'm so mad. Because I'm like, why has the presidency become such a spectacle in the last couple years? I mean, well, we know why, because of Donald Trump.
1: But you have a reality show president.
0: But my point is like, let's not fall for this again. And I'm saying that not only as a plea to young people who are feeling disenchanted with where we are and with what our options are, but I'm also saying that just... In general, let's not go down this road. We saw where it got us. Let's not even go down this road, even as a distraction, to even take our eyes off the prize and like the real issues that people have been like really fighting for and really trying to like find some change or start to look at ways that we can mobilize change in the coming months leading up to November. Start small, look for young people with really good ideas on more local levels, and maybe change can actually occur just ignore this. Pretend he never did this.
1: And I think you're going to get that. I think you're going to get that result. I think from what I'm reading and from just the sentiment that's out there that this is generally going as a "haha, that's a joke. And I just want to point out one thing though here, and we're obviously pumping up the youth element of what to look for, but it's worth being relatively objective and say youth is not necessarily a proxy for change, but that it generally means more open mindedness. So maybe I would even tailor this a little bit. Look for people who are open minded to the current status of affairs.
0: You mean look for people who are open minded and nimble in the ways in which they can effectuate change, not just looking within the current confines of or construct of whatever exists. Yeah, because but saying looking just... for new ways around it, not being caught up by all the red tape that normally exists. I mean look, even on a corporate level you look for people like that. Those are the leaders, those are next generation of leaders, people who look at a current construct of what exists and they say, I see with the inefficiencies here, I'm going to come up with a way to go around this that's going to get us there in a better way and we're all going to be better for it. That's how a new generation of leaders in a corporate structure come up. Why should it be any different now?
1: Well, it shouldn't.
0: In politics, I mean.
1: It really shouldn't and it comes down to leadership, I think a good leader is a good leader is a good leader. And whether that's in business or in politics or in your community or religious organization, these are people who can unite different ideas and different stances, different generations. It takes that open-mindedness. And I think, again, just addressing that we're obviously biased in our youthfulness here to look for that out of our peers. We want something that obviously represents us here, given what we've experienced for. And looks, Kanye is certainly not what we're looking for, and it's not the young person's dream come true when we think about choices. But I would say this. The choices that we do have right now, it would seem to me that one of them clearly looks like the better stepping stone for the kind of change that we so desperately need to get rid of some of these obsolete and archaic ideas that still exist today almost in every facet of our society. And come November, you're going to get to vote for one of them and hopefully put us further on the right track to a lot of the stuff that's turning over right now that we've been experiencing throughout this entire pandemic. We'll look back at this and say, oh my goodness, in the same way maybe our parents looked back in the 60s and 70s for during Vietnam and civil rights.
0: I guess the main point here being that there's a right way and a wrong way to disrupt change and to really effectuate long-term, long-lasting impact. And randomly tweeting out that you're running for president when you're not even registered and you've got no plans is a distraction from what it would actually take and what we really need in terms of what people are I, I would,
1: do. If I could go back and take that Touch the Sky Tour ticket out of my hand back in Florida <laughs> when I saw Kanye West. And look. Probably one of the best performances. That was, a different,
0: was it a different Kanye?
1: Probably not. But it was definitely one of the best performances I've seen. He was he, more
0: endearing back then. Now just, I'm just like... Can't
1: we just... Gosh. I want the old Kanye. I'm shocked we didn't get more late registration. I mean, we could have done a number of things here, but...
0: So many pun opportunities. Are you going to have any friends when this is over? No.
1: No? I think people are going to be pissed.
0: I think people are pissed.
1: I mean, yeah. If we're being honest here, probably getting pissed that people look like or act like they don't care, their actions. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll be completely honest with you. Their
1: unwillingness to discuss these issues just openly and honestly.
0: About politics or about coronavirus or about both? Because I feel like...
1: I was saying specifically politics. We're getting to November and this will be perhaps the most heated... Contest that we've seen in our lives. And I'm wondering who's willing to actually have conversations around this. And I mean it, and real quick, I mean it from even conversations when you and, say, your friend or whoever you're talking to are on the same side of the issues.
0: Yeah, people don't want to engage the way that they need to in order to really have the meaningful conversations that are going to educate people and maybe even have an impact on people's opinions and impressions. People just aren't willing to engage, at least the people that I talk to. And I guess. The reason I asked about coronavirus or about politics is because I feel like the two are completely commingled and intertwined at this point. Masks have been politicized. Reopening has been politicized. Everything. Every single element of our country's crisis response has been politicized such that people who don't believe in masks are the same people supporting Trump, are the same people. There's like science people and then there's like the non-science people.
1: We've successfully bifurcated everything.
0: But in that regard, the reason I ask, what are you talking about in terms of you're being pissed at people? What's it about that they won't talk about? I feel like it's kind of everything. It's not just politics. It's coronavirus too. Look, our state was on lockdown. I mean, New Jersey was on lockdown. I mean, like we were sheltered in place for weeks. This isn't like some loosey-goosey, like this was shelter in place. Yeah, it was pretty Curfews. serious here and we put in the work, and we watched our hospitals being close to overrun here in the New York City area. And we watched people we know suffer, people in pain suffer. The point of me saying this is that now things are starting to open back up again. People are being careless again. You should see our down at the beaches. People are having big barbecues with like 25 people, 30 people running in and out of their homes and doing whatever. I'm not going to have any friends at the end of this. I'm telling you right now because I'm pissed.
1: I feel you on that. I'm and pissed
0: at the way that people are acting. I'm pissed that people won't talk about it.
1: Well, I wanted to give maybe a reason or some rationale for that, at least my take on it anyways, and that's people have become so comfortable in what we had before where we are right now. That they're so uncomfortable in even thinking about having that kind of discourse even the normal conversation what do you mean that we've made it so difficult and so uncomfortable for you to even have a conversation with your friend about anything that's political at all
0: including covid yes. which is now political as yes, well
1: 100% maybe not just Political, but anything that actually has a uh, real bearing and significance on your life.
0: So until very recently,
1: on, it's almost like we're not willing to have anything but shallow conversations about the day to day or how your kid is doing.
0: I think, and this may be something that I'm going to say that comes at the risk of sounding privileged, and I don't care because I think that that's something that this still needs to be said. I think that for many people, This is the first time where political issues are so proximate with health and safety issues for them on the day-to-day, people that had never experienced that before. And this is the first time that they are seeing a truly commingled relationship between something that could affect their health and a political belief system that they don't Know how to address either. That makes sense. And now we find ourselves in a position where we the same people that we'd sit down to dinner with on a Saturday night they'd go I don't I just I don't like to talk politics are the same people that now say Yeah I don't really want to to each their own they can do whatever they want to do. Per-
1: yeah I love your other person voice it's they can consistent. do whatever they
0: want to do with that to each their own and for me I'm just pissed at people I just want to have an open honest dialogue with where you stand so I can know whether I feel safe myself or my family around you.
1: I'm sorry, Heather. People don't want to feel uncomfortable in the least bit. So that was my point. And they're not going to want to have that conversation with you. They want to enjoy your nice cheese plate and a meal and talk about the kids and give you a hug when you can goodbye and call it a nice night out.
0: And that's okay. I'm supposed to just be okay with that. Or do I just need to look for new people to talk to?
1: You need to make the choice yourself as to who is in your circle. You started the entire podcast off with describing what's on your sweatshirt right now. It does say
0: keep your circle small.
1: So maybe you let it a little too big and you need to think a little bit more critically about the people that you want in your life that hopefully raise you up intellectually. We'll have these conversations without the fear of alienating or judging the other person. This is hard stuff. And I think it's very telling of where we are in our lives as We're still going through this maturation process as young parents, as young, I still think we're young adults and coming into our own. That's what this podcast is about, the things that keep us up at night. And this will certainly be keeping us up at night for quite some time.
0: It certainly does. I'd like to end this on reading a little passage of something that I found on social media by a writer who has a blog called The Subversive Lens. Go for it. He wrote, Aspects of our COVID exhaustion are due to the reality that many of us are carrying the weight of others' irresponsibility. Many go about their lives unencumbered with any feeling of social responsibility, then feel justified in their carelessness, at least partially protected by the Herculean efforts of others. Not only are we carefully navigating a context foreign to us, sacrificially bearing a collective burden, we have to watch those efforts devalued by those who then pretend their carelessness is justified. We're holding a societal umbrella in a downpour. They're laughing and pretending it's not raining because they're not wet. It's exhausting.
1: That's a good way to end it. Not quite on an upbeat note, but look, all this stuff is seriousness. And why don't we call it on that? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of We Should Be Sleeping.
0: Try and get some rest.